Southeast Wisconsin has some of the best high school and college athletes in the country. How did they get their start? Where did they begin their journey? It's time to talk about some of the best youth sports programs in the area. 15% this is the Youth Sports Show, brought to you by Allstate Insurance. Are you in good hands? Let's turn it over to the fans' high school insider, big time, Mike McGivern. Welcome into the Youth Sports Show, brought to you by Allstate Insurance on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, State of the Union, when it comes to youth sports. Came up with this a while back, and I talked to Dave Markson, who used to be the, my co-host on my baseball show, high school baseball show, and we had this conversation a couple of times. And uh, today's the day we're going to talk about it. I've got uh, three guests in studio. One is Dave Markson. Dave, how you been? I've been great, Mike. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. It's good yeah. to see you, too. Okay. You look great. Thank you. We we uh, we talk a lot, but we haven't I haven't seen you in a bit, so it's, it, it really is. And we were able to get Greg Capper in. And i got to tell you, when I've been telling people Capper's coming in, they're like, you didn't get Capper. I said, I got Capper, man. He's coming in. Markson's, I think Markson's picking him up to make sure I get him here. So, hey, Coach, it's good to see you. I, I saw you over at Trader Joe's a couple weeks ago, and we had the discussion to, 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 to have this talk because a lot of passion when it comes to the State of the Union when it comes to youth sports. So um, thank you so much for your time today. Well, there's a lot of uh, experience in here working with young people, student-athletes, and uh, Mike, thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. We're also joined by Dr. Peter Jonas. He's an author. He is also a he's a professor at Cardinal Stritch University. He's written a book. He's written a few books. But the one we want to talk about today is Soccer is Fun Without Parents. Perfect fit for that. Dr. Jones, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me today. Yeah, you bet. Let's start with you. Um, you're a soccer guy? Absolutely. Soccer referee for 20-some years. Um, the changes you've seen in people on the sidelines cheering their little kids on has changed quite a bit over the years. It's changed dramatically, and, and they're just becoming more vocal, more involved, and, and not necessarily in the right way, to be honest with you. You know, um, I was at a high school basketball game last night, and it fit really well with what we're going to talk about today. There was a referee, three refs. There was a referee that should not, he was not ready. And I don't know, I have to be honest, I don't know if the guy will ever be ready to to, to ref on the high school varsity level, but there he was in a playoff game. And look, he made Really bad calls on both sides, and as a, as an ex retired basketball coach, I look at a couple things. I look at mechanics. I look at are they in the right position? Do they sell the call? Look, if a guy's in the right position and he sells the call, even though I disagree, in my mind I go, well, he saw that. He's in the right position. He sold the call. He knew he saw something I didn't. Let's move on. Guy last night, wow. And what happens is because young people don't want to ref anymore with the abuse that they're taking from parents, from aunts, uncles, from coaches who think they're they're coaching in the NBA Finals in fourth grade, then the young refs go, I'm not doing this anymore. Then some of these some guys at at middle age decide they want to get involved in it, and now they get to be able to be at a regional game in a packed house and make some unbelievable calls down the stretch of a game that you just shake your head at. And I know that his two partners looked at him a couple times like, oof, really? And so 
that that all goes into what we're going to talk about today. Um, Dave, I've always really appreciated your opinion on a lot of stuff. And you're coaching right now on the girls' side at Whitefish Bay in the youth program, correct? I am. I coach at the high school, JV, and I coach the 7th grade youth team. What have you seen over the years when it comes to, again, the state of the union when it comes to youth sports? We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and maybe I'm just starting out with the ugly, and I apologize for that because you're supposed to start out with the good stuff. But after seeing this last night and reading an article that I gave to you guys that was in the Washington Post that we're going to get to in a little while, overzealous parents are ruining youth sports. It's past time to sit quiet and let your kids play is the name of the article. And we're going to talk about that. Coaching seventh grade girls at Whitefish Bay, and you've coached for a long time in baseball and basketball. If I say to you, give me your Reader's Digest version of the changes you've seen over the years in youth sports, what would you say to me? Well, I think that there's, first of all, there's way more of it. And it's all very organized and structured from much younger time on. Free play play on the fields, the playgrounds, the throw the bat and, you know, put your hand on top of each other to see who's first, settling your own disputes, all that's gone away. There, there's not a lot of that. Everything's structured and organized for them. And um, that's one issue. I think the parents then um, get involved and there's money at stake in the sense that they're paying to be on a team, they're paying a trainer, they're paying for this or that, and then their expectations go up. Um, it's a fifteen I, I, billion dollar industry now. Fifteen I, 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 billion. I have to say that you know, I I have experienced this year a fantastic parent group that that's just supportive of their kids. That's that's what they're there for. They're there to um, cheer their kids on. Uh, not a lot of playing time issues. Not a lot of. But I on the other side of it, a team we played against our very last game. It was abhorrent um, behavior, and the referee ended up stopping the game with less than two minutes to go because of fan behavior. Seventh grade girls. Correct. Greg, if I asked you the same thing, and you've been around student-athletes for... 43 years. 43 years. So you've uh, you've been around for a minute. If I say to you, look, the difference between you sports that where you see it and in, uh, where it is today compared to where it was... You know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, what's the difference? Think about the influences on the individual student-athlete when we played and what's going on right now. And I broke this down into basically five categories. You've got parents who are an influence. Right. Okay. Our parents used to say, go out and get back home for lunch, be home for dinner. You've got their school team, whatever level that is, having influence on them. Okay, back then there wasn't any kind of influence in the off season. You just went out and played because you wanted to. You have the club phenomena in all sports now. It's not just one or the other. It's all sports, correct? Which is dominating their time and saying to them, "You have to play this year round or else." And that's not true. Okay, you have our cultural expectations, the whole media thing, the whole social expectations, the whole uh, uh, Facebook, et cetera, stuff. And then you have the individual student-athlete themselves being influenced by all that, and how are they supposed to come out of all this? In the day, we loved, and we were talking about this uh, off-air before, we used to play because we loved the game. Right. You play Division three basketball at a great institution because you love the sport, not because... 
any one of those other entities forced you to do it. So we've lost, I think, the passion and love by the individual for wanting to play the sport or sports of their choice. And now you've got all this influence. And, and honestly, and, 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 and Doc can, can talk to this, we used to do it because we love it. Now are these kids playing because somebody's making them do it or because they feel like they have to do it? I don't know. Yeah. Before well, I get to you, Dr. Jones, Dave. Well, one thing that uh, Greg mentioned there is the, the social media part of this. I, I think sometimes poor behavior gets recorded on phones and it ends up on Instagram or Twitter or, or someplace where we all know more about it. Um, for example, uh, I was looking at Twitter this morning and I found out that a parent at a, a sectional semifinal game on Thursday night got tossed out of the gym. And Kurt Hogg, who's a Journal Sentinel guy, had tweeted about it. Uh, he was at the game. I would never have known that right. if it weren't for the social media piece of it. And we've all probably seen some clip of that bad behavior happening. Well, it's interesting, and, and I'm going to ask you guys this. On on another show I do called uh, Faith in the Zone, I had a Division One college football coach on, and I said, hey, kids have really changed over the years, don't you think? And he said, no, I, I don't think so. I think uh, I think we have. And I said, what? He said, look, I was 28 years old. I was a Division One college football coach, youngest in the country, and I was single, and I was cool. I was, wasn't that far removed from being one of these guys. I'm now 44. I'm married. I got three kids. All I want to do is get out of practice, go home and see my kids. He goes, I'm not. I've changed. They're still doing the idiot stuff that I did when I was a freshman in college. The difference is everybody, they're posting everything. He said, so had they changed with that? Yes. But he said, Mike, I don't know if they've changed as much as you have. You coached for a long time. And what you were like at 17, you're not like now. And I, it really made me stop and think because I didn't expect that answer. Dr. Jonas, um, being involved with soccer the way you are, and, and uh, I'm wondering if I asked you the difference in youth sports now compared to when you were younger, that would be what? I really do think that they've changed. I think I think um, everybody is correct in that the environment has changed. I think parents have changed. I think uh, sports have changed. As you said, it's a billion-dollar industry. You know, 15. and that, that's That's unbelievable. It's also interesting to note that 75% of kids stop playing organized sports by the time they're 13. That's so sad to me. It's terrible, especially with all the benefits that come along with sports and higher grade point average and better behavior and all the other social aspects that come along with it. I I do think that parents have changed uh, getting much more involved with it because of society puts more pressure on it. They see... LeBron, they see, you know, the Greek freak. They see that, oh, my kid can do that too, you know? And, right. and so they put pressure on him. There was a there was a story, and it's it's in the book, but there was a story about how in soccer they tried to stop the parents from yelling so much so they had a silent sideline. So for the whole game, you weren't supposed to talk, which is, okay, good, very cool idea. Well, one of the parents was a lawyer, and he sued because that cuts <laughs> into my freedom of speech. It's like seriously. Well, there you go. Yeah, right there. That's that. That pretty much says it all, right? Right there. Hey, look, we're going to get to a break in four minutes, and I'm not going to allow the first segment to go without us talking about the good side because there's so much good that happens from these kids. A lot of youth groups that come in, and I ask them for their mission statement, and some are look, we're getting them ready to play at the high school level. Some are. You know what? We want to win the state AU tournament. We want to go to nationals. 
And then there are others that say, look, my whole goal is I want these kids to fall in love with this sport the way I did. They want I want them to want to play it up until they're 60 years old, whether it's baseball or 3-on-3 three three basketball or golf or whatever it is. And those are the ones that most interest me because the, all they really want, they don't care if they win or lose, at the end of the day, at the end of the season, if they had 15 kids on their team, they want 18 the next year because three of their buddies said, hey, you got to come do this. This is so fun. And and I think there's so many lessons to be learned from this, as you talked about, Dr. Jonas, that that part of it, I think, and with all of these clubs being you know started, there's more opportunities for kids to fall in love with sports, Dave. I, I totally agree with that. That's, that's pretty much a goal uh, of ours in our youth program is get them to love the game, get them to enjoy the game, be challenged by it, that they want to come back and keep getting better and better. And there, there is a lot of positives. Um, I think, you know, as a coach and as a parent, you have to take the opportunity to learn the lessons that you can learn, learn how the adversity you might face sometime can help you in it. But if you're working with the, the, the student athletes through that stuff, it can be so positive for them. Hey, Greg, same question to you. And again, you've been around it a long time. But the lessons that 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 I learned as a kid that I still carry with me um, are, are so valuable in my everyday walk as far as working here at Entercom and trying to make sure my wife is still happy with me every once in a while, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I learned a lot of that at Bartlett Avenue Playground. Uh, you know, my first influences were my mom and dad. And I have to be honest, I've had some great, great school, high school, college coaches along the way. When I got into coaching, I had you know names that I could mention that everybody would recognize as my mentors. And here's what, from early on in my career, back to Green Lake High School, can I help these kids through sports become thoughtful, patient, responsible, appreciative, grateful, self-disciplined, self-controlled, self-reliant, and love the game because we create an environment, Pat Riley, we create an environment and help them go places they wouldn't go on their own. Maybe screaming and kicking and hollering, but at the end of the day, at the end of the season, they look at you and they say, thank you. Hey, Dr. Jonas, I've told this story a lot, but I'm the sideline reporter for the Thursday Night Lights High School football game of the week. We were in McGuanago. And I had a guy come up to me, and he goes, "Hey, you're Mike McGivern, right?" I go, "Yep." He goes, "I work for the company that gives you that gets you guys the lifts for your camera guys." I said, "Oh, that's cool." He goes, "Can I tell you a story?" I go, "Yeah." I was about 22, 23 years old. He said, "I would give." I played football here at McGuanago. He said, "I was all conference, first team all conference, second team all state." He said, "I had no idea how much I would miss it." I would give you everything I own except my dog and my car if you would give me one more week. And he goes, and I don't just want Friday night. I want Monday to Thursday, and I will never take one playoff because I took a lot of plays off because I was tired. And Oh, look at the cheerleaders over there. He said, if you could do And I said, well, I can't. He goes, I know you can't, but I want you to tell this to people. They don't understand. You think, oh, that's so it's no big deal. I'm playing high school football. But when it's over how hard it was for me. That's a perfect story because part of the problem you're going you're talking about the good here, but part of the problem is is that that the kids the athletes that's what they're thinking. They love the game, they're playing it for the love of the game for that particular, 
emotion and parents are looking at is my kid all state how many goals right. did they score you know um uh did we win you know winning percentages and so forth it's that's part of the problem there's a conflict of of interest in what the ultimate goal is coaches want players to love the game and enjoy it for the rest of their life and parents want to win now and tell people how high they're ranked in the national rankings you know dave um I, I wasn't sure I wanted a soccer guy in on this, but not bad. <laughs> but Dr. Peter Jonas, not bad. With all of us basketball guys, he's holding his own. He oh, is yeah. Dr. Peter Jonas. He's an author. He's also a professor at Cardinal Stritch. Name of the book, uh, Soccer is Fun Without Parents. And I would you can go to Amazon and pick it up. number of places that you can get it. If you Google Dr. Peter Jonas, Google the book. It gives you a number of, of ways and opportunities to get the book. Also in studio with me is Greg Capper. And Dave Markson will get you a break. Other side of the break, the show is State of, State of the Union when it comes to youth sports. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, welcome back to the Youth Sports Show, brought to you by Allstate Insurance. Are you in good hands? On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, State of the Union when it comes to youth sports. Perfect opportunity to play that song by John Fogarty. Put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play today. Joined in studio by Dave Marks and Greg Capper and Dr. Peter Jonas, again, author of a book, Soccer is Fun Without Parents. Dave, I coached uh, Charlie, uh, your son, and my son, AAU, and I, I knew I was going to tell the story. We didn't lose a game in third grade, didn't lose a game in fourth grade, went to nationals and finally got beat. And we won a lot of tournaments, guys, all over the place. Just won them, just all over. When I see these guys who are now grown men, son Matthew has an eight-month-year-old little Liam Michael McGivern, right? <laughs> what they talk about is the first loss against the Gauchos and throwing Matthew in a pool in some place in Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is the stuff these guys want to talk about. They, I go, well, what about that tournament we won? Oh, we won that? Oh, we did? Really? Well, what? Yeah. A, yeah, do you remember when you got really mad at us because we were out of the room and we weren't supposed The stuff that they talk about is all stuff about having fun together as a group of young basketball players. And then the first time they lost because the Gauchos had punched a couple of our kids in the mouth and we were bleeding. And that's what they wanted to talk about and how I yelled at the other coach and stuff like that. But what they learned from it was, what I learned from it when I talked to them is not that we won all this stuff, but that they they remember the fun stuff behind it. And it was, uh, and you guys were great parents, by the way, for me to coach your son. Question, but I was a little afraid to. (laughs) Well, Kathy knows more about basketball than any of us here, so that was a little bit of a problem, probably. But I don't know. Uh, You know, and. To, to learn from that, you know, you stay in coaching long enough and, and you hear those kind of things. And we're we're both in a position where some of the people we've coached are grown and you can look back and reflect. But just the fact that you kind of get an idea what are the positives that they get out of sports. And it doesn't always have to do with the things at the time we think are important. It has to do with the fun they have. You know, when teams go on the road together and stay in a hotel – Half of the fun they have is the stuff they're doing at the hotel, the swimming pool, the ordering pizza, uh, playing car- whatever game they might be playing. They love that stuff, and that's what makes youth sports great is those bonds. Our girls right now, the high school girls, we have 
some who play off-season AAU basketball with other teams, and we'll play somebody, and after the game, that's one of their best friends now is one of their AAU teammates who goes to a rival school. So there's a lot of good relationships that are formed and great memories that come from youth sports. Hey, in this article, Greg, I'm going to go to you on, on this. In this article that I put in front of you guys, one chapter was called The Blame Game. This is from the Washington Post, and it was it was um, there March 2nd, uh, just a few days ago. And it says the blame game, and it talks about, um, Greg, it talks about sports as a metaphor for life. Sometimes things don't go your way. Learning how to deal with disappointment, whether it's a bad call or, a, or striking out when the bases are loaded, is a very valuable lesson. But that message has been, it's been stifled by parents who want to protect their child from anything negative ever happening to them. And he talks, or she, yeah, he talks about, we need to end the helicopter and lawnmower parents. And I didn't know lawnmower parents, and I had to look it up. And that's they mow down all obstacles for their kids and give ownership to the young athlete. And, Greg, I'm wondering for you, I'd heard helicopter, but the lawnmower one was new to me. I got another one for you. Go ahead. <laughs> so I think, I don't know who I was talking to the other day, but we were talking about the helicopter parent. I said, helicopter parent? Are you kidding me? It's turned into a whole dadgum paratrooper troop. <laughs> oh, it, it is. It, it, where but, they but, just but come but right your... down on you. And, look, we need, our, we need to have our kids understand that, you know what? It's painful. You miss a free throw to lose a game. Yeah, it is. It's painful, but it's not. It's You're going to get disappointed a lot in your life and how you handle that. Are you going to get in line and shake hands with the other team? Are you, you know, th- that kind of stuff. And I'm wondering when we talk about this with parents, Greg, it, look, it is, sports is a metaphor for life. So much so. I mean, again, I go back to 78, 79 when I started to- coaching Green Lake High School, and this has never left me. Um, what happened to teaching these kids self-control in victory and in defeat? What happened to, okay, we lost this game. No excuses. Let's go and see what did we do well, what didn't we do well, and how can we take the next practice and work on those things so that we get better at them? But I want them to be able to suffer a loss humbly and gracefully so when they don't get that first job or that dream job or that girl says or boy says no to them, okay, or whatever it is in life, right. that they have the social skills to move on. So John Wooden, okay, back in the 20s, his father gives him a little note card when he graduates from eighth grade. No money back in the 20s. They're about to go through the Dust Bowl, the Depression, whatever. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't whine, don't complain, don't make excuses. That hasn't changed and shouldn't change what we're teaching these kids as parents and as coaches. Yeah, I agree. Dr. Jonas, another part of this um, article, and we're never going to get through all of it, and and I was going to start to highlight what I wanted to talk about, but I started, I literally highlighted you know every word on every page. It's a really good article, but talking about how to keep calm. And, 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 you know, the rules of mandating parents and how they behave when they attend their kids' games. This guy said, look, many parents say they're there for their kids, but they're really there for themselves. This guy said, look, I never go to my son's sporting events. They're, they're there to play with their friends. I'd rather pick them up at the end of the game and ask them, so did you have fun? And after that, it's up to them to decide what details to share with me about the experience. I could not have done that. 
I really enjoyed watching my son play basketball. He played, I, I coached him in, in AU, I coached him in high school, and then he played at Maranatha Baptist Bible College, and we really enjoyed going to watch him play. So I couldn't have done that, and my wife wouldn't sit next to me during games. She said I didn't cheer correctly. Dr. Jonas, you should have a talk with her, by the way. <laughs> anyway, um, your feeling on on this guy who says, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to go to my kids' sporting events because I want him just to go have fun. Well, they should just be going to have fun, but I agree with you. I mean, some of the best years of my life are watching my kids play sports, you know, all of them. And, and I agree with what Dave is talking about. I mean, some of those people are still my friends, you know, after 30 years, you know, and so it's about the relationships. But you can go to the event and do it properly. There's, there's a, here's a, an example for you. I live by Glendale, and they have a youth sport. They have a, a little league baseball uh, league, and there's a sign on the Glendale uh, baseball diamonds, and it, and it says, it says, these are kids, coaches are volunteers, this is just a game, umpires are human, and your kid is not being scouted by the Brewers today. You know, but more importantly, they go through a whole training process for the parents. Like, hey, this is really just a game. We're here to do this. And so you have to go through this training before you can even come and watch the games, you know. And so but then it becomes self-policing in that the other parents will kind of shush the the parents that are being too obnoxious or whatever. And so that's what you got to do. So you got to make it fun for the kids. But you're right. You know, after the game, they want to talk about where to go get ice cream. And the parents want to talk about the shot they missed or the strikeout right. that they had. When I was coaching my son, I read, and I had to read a book. I read a book called um, Coaching Our Sons. Coach Tank up in Dodgeville wrote it. And it, it's an older book now, but the good, the bad, the ugly of coaching our sons. And it was all Wisconsin stories. And, and the ugly part of families being broken apart. And what I learned from it was once we got to the kitchen table, I was his father. But before we got to the kitchen table, I was his coach. So after games, sometimes he would jump in my wife and his mom's car and try to beat me to the kitchen table if he had a bad game. Because And I'd try to catch him before he got to the kitchen table to let him know as his coach what I thought of the game he had. What I didn't know, after all of the dust settled and he was now playing in college, was that he went to his mom for the emotional side of it. Can you get him off me? You know, he's really that kind of stuff. I didn't know that and didn't know that a small Christian school in Menominee Falls with 70 kids in the whole school, that he was getting a lot of smack talk from other players in the hallway. You're only playing because your daddy's the coach. Didn't know any of that was going on. He protected me from that. And so we, we have a lot of fun with this stuff now, but there are some challenging parts of that. The fact that Jarrell Harris started ahead of him in my AAU team because I thought Jarrell was a better point guard. That caused a little issue at my house. His his mama was not happy with me, but you know he's got to get better. I told him all he had to do is be out, like Al McGuire said with Allie. All he's got to do is be as, as good. If you're even with Jarrell, you get the you get the nod because you're my boy. But until then, you got to come off the bench, and that caused a lot of problems. The for the most part, I thought the parents that we had back then, Dave, were pretty good. We had a couple issues, I thought, but. I was a parent who usually stayed away from the parents. Um, yes, you when did. When I watch games, I'd isolate myself a little bit because I didn't want to hear what they had to say about either the coaching, the refereeing, or the play. Yeah. So you, of, you and Doug James would kind of go off to, to the I, side a little I, bit. I would sequester myself a little bit. And I did that at, at my kids' high school games, too. It just, I, I didn't ever, I never enjoyed that 
negative atmosphere about questioning the coach all the time or, or, or criticizing the player. So I stayed away from it. I read a book a couple of years ago, and you were talking about uh, Matthew and, and uh, how much you enjoyed watching him play. And, and the basically the, the part of the book that I'm referring to, they said the most important thing a parent can tell their child after a game has nothing to do with how they play. It's just, I really enjoy watching you play. That message means more to the child than anything else you can say to them. Yeah, I agree. I um, la- last quick story, Doctor Jones. We we there was uh, there was parents' night up at Maranatha, and I again two minutes ago in warm ups. My wife says, "Are you moving, or am I going to move?" And so I would move, and I was sitting off to my myself and didn't know a lot of the parents. And he, Matthew, the game before, just set a school record for assists, middle of his junior year. Sitting next to, um, behind, in front of a couple of guys, and his son got put in. And I didn't know the guy, didn't really know his son a whole lot, and he was there with his buddy. And Matthew came down and, and made a, a pass, and it went through the kid's hands, went out of bounds, and this guy said, yeah, this this point guard, I, I just don't know. He's not that good. And he uh, he's this, and he's this, and he needs to give the ball up more. And they were getting on my son pretty good, until the point that I had enough. And I, you know, I turned around. And I said, "Hey, twenty's my son," and so you know what? Let me move so you can continue to talk the way you need to talk about it. And so now it's halftime. His last name started with an MC, so we are next to each other when we're. And I had a hard time being able to just say. He kept saying, "Hey, I need to talk to you." I go, "No, no, you don't. No, no, you don't have to talk to me because what you're going to say to me to my eyes, I, I already heard. I heard what you want, what you thought about me. It's okay. Don't worry about it." But boy, oh boy, I struggle with that. But I shielded my son, but he found out about it. But that, as a parent, is really difficult. People have to understand who's sitting around you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And here's an interesting thing is that, that according to brain research, uh, an emotion only technically stays in your brain for 90 seconds, okay? So then it, the, the chemical aspect of it is gone. The only reason that you still had that emotion is you kept that emotion, you know, and we all do that. I mean, that's just human nature. You know, we have to learn how to let it go. And that's easier said than done. You're, you're absolutely right. Nobody's ever brought that kind of brain stuff up. I'm glad you brought this (laughs) up, this doctor of soccer. (laughs) The old great baseball player, Hank Aaron, that's Peter. I'm like the little brother Tommy Aaron. Yes. Who, like, yes. Ever heard of. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's the man on this stuff. Yeah, he he really is. He's Dr. Peter Jonas. He's an author of the book called Soccer is Fun Without Parents. And the reason I have Dave Markson and Greg Capper in, because I have so much respect for how they see this stuff. And and they, they, they've been in this business a long time as I have. And we all have different I think the way we deal with stuff is different, and the way we see things is different. And and the state of the union when it comes to youth sports, and I'm sorry to say this, in my view, is not very positive. But I'm going to ask these guys, because they're smarter than I am, their overall view of youth sports in today's world. And I'll ask Greg Capper, Dave Markson, and Dr. Peter Jonas on the other side of the break. This is the Youth Sports Show, brought to you by Allstate Insurance. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Welcome back to the Sports Show, brought to you by Allstate Insurance on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Greg Capper, Dave Markson, and Dr. Peter Jonas. 
Next show, the Varsity Blitz, Steve Showalter coming in and talk to a number of coaches throughout the state of Wisconsin. Teams are still playing. And uh, really good lineup for that. And I'll get a chance to talk to Steve. We're going to reach out to Zach Showalter for a few minutes as well. Talk about when he was this age, junior in high school, and now you're getting ready for the regional final. How you feeling? How's the team? You know, that kind of stuff. He played at a whole different level, obviously. But we'll reach out to him to get an idea what what he was going through when he played high school and how much he missed his playing at G-Town. And they had a lot of success over there. And so we'll talk to Steve Zach about that. Uh, the next show from 10 to noon on the Varsity Blitz. Dave, I, I, I want to come to you first on this. Um, my fear with you sports is it's uh, getting so big and there's a lot of pitfalls. And I'm not sure it's going in a positive direction. I'm wondering your opinion. Oh, there you go, Dave. I, w- I worry about some of it as well. Um, I did mention before the last game we played this year as a seventh grade team, a fan from the other team got ejected from the game. Um, it was pretty ugly. But as an overall observation and then coaching this year, really rolling my sleeves up and getting in there, it's been very positive. The parents are very supportive of what's going on out there. I think how the coaches handle things has a lot to do with it too. I, coaching's hard. Uh, it's a lot of time. And usually in youth sports, they're not paying you much, if at all. And there's not a lot of expertise there, not just in the game of baseball, basketball, soccer, whatever, but there's not a lot of expertise in handling situations and how do you learn from what's going on out there? Right. And if coaches take the time um, to talk to the players about how to respond to certain things, we had a, we had a girl shoot a shot at the buzzer and got completely trucked by a girl on the other team. It would have put her at the line to try to win the game. The ref didn't call anything. That immediate focus went right to the referee's bad call. And I tried to bring that back around and say, you know what, girls? Uh-uh. There were a lot of free throws we missed during the game, a lot of easy baskets we missed during the game. I'd, I think that sometimes victimhood is almost embraced by some people, coaches or parents, and I think we need to stay away from that. And as long as we do that stuff and the coaches and the parents really work with the students, I, I think U Sports is great. Hey, Greg, can we as as coaches or heads of youth programs – how much can we wrangle in the parents? Is it all setting expectations before the year, before joining my club, that kind of stuff? Well, I can remember uh, two different experiences I've had in the last 12 years uh, where I think we as coaches, as Dave has said and Dr. Jonas has said, we can take responsibility for this, but I think there does have to be at this point in time some sort of formal programming like you've mentioned, Doc. When I was at Whitefish Bay, I actually went with a parent to an AAU game that his daughter was playing in and said, I'm going to teach you how to be a good fan. And we sat there, and I, I taught this parent how to cheer for her team, how to cheer for her, how to cheer and offer encouragement when it wasn't going their way. At Pius, there were, in the last couple of years when I was there, I actually talk to the girls, and what you said, they'd run to mom's car before getting in dad's car. Right. And I finally said, I'll take care of it. And I went up to some of these parents, the dads in particular, and said, look, 
your responsibility after the game is say, where do you want to go for pizza and ice cream? Not process the game with them. What do you think we do as coaches in the locker room? What do you think we're going to do at practice the next day? Don't you think they get enough of that? Why don't you be their best fan? Why don't you be the one that they want to run to and get in the car and say, let's go to wherever for pizza yeah. and ice cream? Dr. Jonas, um, one, of the, one of the issues that, that is really apparent is in, in all sports, trying to, trying to get young people involved as referees and umpires and then keep them. Keep them because it's something that they really enjoy. Um, do you certainly see this in soccer. Oh, absolutely. And how do we do that? What what is, is, is there's not a magic pill. There there's not. But but to be to get these kids to get involved, it's a great part-time job. You get to keep your foot in the game that you that you enjoy. You get to make some money at it. And they're they're saying forget it. I'd rather go and flip burgers and nothing wrong with flipping burgers, trust me, but I'd rather go do that because nobody is keeps yelling at me the whole day. Yeah, I I am becoming independently wealthy by refereeing. I'm making that Can much I money. Can I borrow twenty? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I make thirty dollars a game in the cold and rain out there. You know, so you're right. You're not going to get rich you right. know, doing it. But but you're right. Part of we have a terrible problem. And it's not just soccer. It's every sport that's out there that kids don't want to do it anymore. And and the biggest problem is parents yelling at them. You know, it's it's not to get psychological here, but there's there's an author, a guy named Jean Piaget. He wrote years ago that when you yell, when an adult that's three times your age yells at you, you take it personal. You know, you you take it personally, and you're 13 years old, and a 40 year old is yelling at you. Well, of course you don't want to go back out there because you don't you're afraid. You know, right. and so parents, I don't think parents understand the 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 hazards that they're doing when they're yelling like that. I was a really young coach, uh, coaching at St. Peter and Paul, or Catholic East on the East Side, and um, I had a parent come in, uh, and, and it, she taped the game in a big VHS tape type thing, and she handed me the tape after the game and said, hey, I taped the game. I said, that's great, and she goes, please don't be mad at me, and I said, excuse me, and I was 17, 18 years old. She goes, please don't be mad at me, handed me the tape and zipped out of the gym, and I went home. She taped me, and I was so embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I was I, I, I had no idea how ridiculous I looked and sounded, and I'm wondering, can we do this to some parents, right? Could we did, did video you thank her? Oh, 100%, <laughs> Dave, 100%. She walked the next time I saw her, and I was just a young kid. This was I was 17, 18 years old coaching kids that were 12 and 13, and... I, she kind of looked and I said, "Hey, um, do you have a second? And she was like, "Ah, sure." And I said, "I'm so I'm so embarrassed. Thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it." And if you had me after that, and you still think I was nuts, imagine what I was like before that. Um, and it, it was embarrassing. And so I, I'm wondering if we could use that tactic with some of the parents to say, "Hey, look, I I taped this, and I just want you to take a look at it, and maybe that would change some people." I mean, it could be. I could. Some people have a little bit of problem with constructive criticism, but if you don't and you're open to hearing that kind of thing, uh, that that was a great thing that woman did for you. Hey, it's not hearing it, it's seeing it. Yeah. Do you know what? Big difference. People could tell me, you say, "Bob, you look like an idiot," but when you see it 
and then you can hear it. Oof. Hey, on the other side, first segment, Dave, you you brought up something about teaching our kids uh, different lessons. One of the uh, one of the chapters in this article from the Washington Post is there's no I in team, but we still need to teach kids to advocate for themselves. And we're going to talk about that segment on the other side of the break. This show, it's the State of the Union when it comes to youth sports with Dr. Peter Jonas. He's an author. He's a professor at Cardinal Stritch. Name of the book that I would like for you to, to pick up. It's Soccer is Fun Without Parents. Also joined by Greg Capper and Dave Markson. This is the Youth Sports Show brought to you by Allstate Insurance on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Youth Sports Show brought to you by Allstate Insurance. Are you in good hands? On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern, we should go another three hours, guys. State of the Union when it comes to youth sports. And uh, walking in studios, a guy that knows a lot about youth sports, my my co-host for the next uh, two hours, Coach Steve Showalter. And uh, we're going to talk to a number of coaches whose teams are still playing, uh, from Jerry Pettigrew at Cuba City to uh, Dan Wandry at Brook Central, Steve Collins, Madison Memorial, and all over the state we'll talk to guys the next couple of hours. But for this youth sports show... Greg Capper, Dave Marks, and now one of my favorite guys, Dr. Peter Jonas, even though he's a soccer guy, do not let hold that against you. Don't do it. Um, he's written a book, Soccer is Fun Without Parents. I would recommend you pick that up. Um, Dave, I'm going to start with you. In this uh, article in the Washington Post, it says there's no I in team, but we still need to teach kids to advocate for themselves. And it says many parents also seem to confuse youth sports with professional sports. Professional sports is for entertainment. The players, coaches, officials are all adults, and they are paid quite well. The participants in youth sports, including the referees, are youth for the most part. Parents are investing much time and money into their child's sporting endeavors that they are losing sight of the plot. Instead of going on vacation or out to dinner, parents are treating their child's sport as a form of entertainment for themselves. That focus can make parents feel overly invested in the outcome of the game. Your uh, response to well, that? Well, and that's one of the things at the very beginning we talked about with, you know, one, um, the professional level of athletics where there's so much money. It's a billion-dollar industry in every sport. Um, parents are paying for their child to be in club programs, to be in AAU programs, to play traveling baseball, whatever. And in some cases where the perspective is wrong, they're looking at that end game, the professional end game, which really I think that cheats the the child of their opportunity to have a good time in pro sports. But they're saying, like, we're putting this money in. We expect certain things to happen for for you as an athlete. Hey, Greg, the next next statement, and I find this really interesting, many parents derive their own self-worth from their children's achievements Kids have become a reflection of their parents' identity, and I'm wondering your opinion on that with the amount of parents that that you have uh, crossed paths with over the years. Well, and what happens then is you create this incredible frustration gap because here's the parents' expectations, okay? And, and down here is the reality of what their student-athlete is capable of. And that distance in between is the frustration gap. Uh, here's a, a story that's completely unrelated to sports, but it, but is the same thing that you're talking about. I'm the dean of students at at uh, Dominican High School, 
and worked for a tremendous principal. And he would say when we'd have to call in parents, finally have to call in parents for a student who had broken the rules. Yeah. And he said they get, the parents get the first five minutes to vent their frustration. I said, okay. He goes, take notes. Majority of them are frustrated because they're disappointed in their kid and they're looking at it as a reflection on their ability to raise their child who just got in trouble. Let them go. If they go longer than that, I cut them off. And I'll say to them, look, we're in this together. I want your child made a mistake. Okay. Teenagers do that. Young people do that. How do we go from here? How do we, they're in a corner now. How do we help them out of the corner so that it becomes a positive learning experience for them? And I think that's critical to what you're talking about. Parents are way up here. They've decided, this is what I want my child to do. This is what, you know, and again, the stories get exaggerated, except for with Shoei. Yeah, okay? of course. Um, uh, <laughs> When I was your age, you know, I could do this, that, and the other thing. Well, that's, you know, those stories got magnified. And so we have to vet, we have to deal with this frustration gap so that the kids have a great time and the parents also have a good time. But the, the, the unrealistic expectations are what is killing the kid and their love. Dr. Jones, your opinion on that? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And, and going back to something else, this ties into to that the whole concept of youth sports is – Kids need to make mistakes. That's just pure and simple. And parents think that they're trying to protect them by yelling at them and saying, oh, do this, do that, and whatever. But making mistakes is like the biggest thing that comes out of youth sports. They become more independent. They become uh, they become self-reliant. They become they have self-efficacy growing and so forth. And, and parents are actually robbing the kids of making mistakes. We want to protect them. I get that. But, again, making mistakes is important because you learn from mistakes. You know, Dave, when, when Matthew is playing with Charlie and Jimmy and, 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 and those kids um, in his AAU program, his grade school coach came up to me. And his grade school, I was coached at the Dominican at the time. The grade school coach I'd never really even talked to, but he, he didn't like me for some reason. And, and I think it was because he took this program because his son was in that grade, but he didn't. They had 34 plays. In seventh grade, they had 34 plays. And he said, hey, you're doing all this stuff in AU. You know your son's not going to the NBA, right? I go, yeah, of course I do. He says, well, you're spending all this time and I'm sure money. And, and I said, do you know what my ultimate goal is? He said, no. And I said, my ultimate goal is that my son plays one time in his life where they play the national anthem before the game. He goes, that's it? I go, that's it. He goes, well, that's varsity basketball. I go, exactly. All he has to do is one. If he can play one time where they play that national anthem, I will be so happy for him. And he goes, well... I, that doesn't seem like a lot to me. I said, it is to me. That's a ton. And he was able to do that. And so the, all that stuff we did, I thought worked out for him. And I, if I had to do it all over again, I, would make, I, I wouldn't do some of the things I did. But as a parent and as a coach, sometimes, man, that's a hard hat to wear when you're trying to do both. And I think that that's where we make some mistakes. Well, that, you know, that's a whole chapter in a book is coaching your own child. That that's a, that's the guy sitting on the couch behind you taught me a really valuable lesson because he sat where you're sitting and he was honest enough to say I was way better with my second son. I learned a lot of valuable lessons and mistakes I made as a man and as a father and as a coach with my first one. He paved the road 
for my second one to have a much nicer experience with me as his coach, and he taught that to me. Parent co- I, I think that the, part of that chapter of parents coaching their own child, I found that most of them are either really, really hard on their child or soft. Pa- D- Dr. Jones, did you coach other. yours? I, I did not. You I did, did not. I had no idea what the hell soccer was. That's actually why I became a rafta just to learn the rules, you know. And, wow. and, and now there's for the seven second delay here. Yeah, there, hey, watch that language over there, Doc. But there's a lot. Of, I think there's more basketball refs that are starting to do that as well. In fact, I saw one last night. So um, just getting in to learn the rules. That, that, yeah, I wish parents would learn the rules a little bit more. Um, actually, Dave turned me on to a book uh, years ago. It was the Mike Matheny. Uh, wrote about the Matheny Manifesto yep. and greatest thing around because first of all one of the best lines he had was that he would never coach a team um he would only coach a team that had orphans on it you know because <laughs> he he didn't want to deal with you know the parents but he did um Greg I never asked you where where you think um youth sports is now is it in a good place in your mind is it is it where it should be is well it's clearly not where it should be and and I think that we have a tough road to hoe here um, because of the unrealistic expectations that have been created by culture in general, whether it's the immediate gratification or you take a look at any commercial or any of the people we want to be like and we see all this stuff that comes with success in sports. And that's that's can't be the ultimate goal. I put in my notes – what is the goal of playing grade school and high school? And if you're fortunate enough to play college sports, what's the goal? Right. And ultimately, it's teaching character. It's teaching virtue. It's ta- teaching those things that Doc alluded to. The, to me, the biggest one is self-control, self-discipline, self-reliance. Hey, the last line in this, and I, we're going to leave it with this. O'Sullivan says this, as a parent with our kids, we're here to serve them. Your kid only gets one childhood, so help make it a fun one by supporting them and not embarrassing them. Man, that's I don't know if you get any truer than that. Dr. Peter Jonas, thank you so much for coming in, sir. It's really nice to meet you. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. You bet. He's also an author. The name of the book, Soccer is Fun Without Parents. Greg Kapper, it's good to see you again, sir. Dave Markson, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Mike. It's been great, Mike. Yep. Love it. Thank you very much. This is the U Sports Show. Brought to you by Allstate Insurance on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.